guys welcome back to the trekway where's the mug Greg? come on like straight away you gotta have the mug oh. up there my car he got me a mug and i don't even have it to show i feel bad i don't drink tea or coffee though much saying it's that I've got, water in it i've got coffee here it's a latte um oh, anyway so right. water in it that's all water in a cup what are you a barbarian you put water in a glass what? not a cup nobody would know anyway you just put water know, in the I cup know, you pick it up <laughs> In fact, you could put nothing in it and then just go. Oh, that's good. I should just, I should just dual wield with the, that one and the, uh, the yeah. GGR one as well. Um, uh, no, I'm not doing that after the last time. No, that's why I stopped because I'm like, this I know, guy, yeah, this I guy know. will clip me. Um, yeah. So apologies, digress, and I can give you the title. <laughs> so yeah, we're back again, of course, with a review series of Star Trek Lord Decks season four, episode four. Something borrowed, something green. So I like the title right off the bat. Um, right off straight away I'll get some of the, the T's and C's out the way um, we I don't know if I'll be doing audio podcasts continuing going forwards but we'll certainly be on the YouTubes always and for now we're certainly whatever you listen to your podcast you'll get you'll get us there same with Gray we'll be back next month after some personal stuff with Gray's kind of been uh, got better slightly so we'll be back next month for that and that's all entertainment stuff he can be found at uh, Gray's Green Room on the YouTubes, on the podcast platform, uh, and on the Twitter as well. Uh, Gray's Green Room, uh, and a little shout out to Nick. I missed the podcast last night, the gaming podcast we do, uh, Extreme PC UK, on all the usual platforms as well. I think he stopped YouTube now. Yeah, it's mostly Twitch. Come to our Discord as well, Extreme PC UK. We have an entertainment section, and we have a Star Trek section in there. A Star Trek, Star yeah. Trek channel as well now. So now there's more stuff to talk about. Yeah, and you pay you pay for your channel. I don't pay for my channel. There you go. <laughs> Did he know that? No, he does now. Um, <laughs> anyway, right. So apologies, we we digress. Um, this episode, right? Not to I shouldn't really say this at the start, so people then start tuning out. It wasn't amazing. Save the scores to then, great. It wasn't amazing. I've seen worse. And you've explained one or two things for me that make sense. A uh, bit of uh, American culture and history that I wasn't aware of, which makes a little bit more sense to me now. So, But yeah, we'll kick off the review anyway, certainly. This was... We have the same kind of intro to this one as we have had since the start, great, which I knew would happen. We start moving the mm. Ryan ship this time. Um... And what what were they doing on board? They were discussing something about was it kidnapping or it was it was it was around scheming ways. I think they were up to when they were on board. Yeah, they're they're kind of talking about what they wanted to do, like whether they wanted to kidnap somebody or rob something or <laughs> trying to make up their mind. You know, they would go on really well. See if they teamed up with the Ferengi, they could take over the Alpha Quadrant. <laughs> Just, I'm just saying. They would steal all the stuff and then fence it with the uh, with the <laughs> with the Ferengi. Works perfectly. It works perfectly. Exactly. I miss the Ferengi. I want I want to see them again. Um, so yeah, um, they are doing their Orion type stuff. Um, and this time the the ship that wrecks every everything it sees in its path, the random alien ship, we do see it again. But the Orion ships chasing it rather than the right. other way about. 
A little different this time because they want to rob it. They want to rob it, exactly. Yes, this this ship's just doing it, making its own business and the Rhines are um, trying to make a profit. Um, And it stops, turns round and literally just wrecks them in one shot. And you literally see, uh, this was slightly graphic, right? You literally saw everyone melting in front of you in animation. They showed (laughs) pretty quick, but you could see it just kind of like, ah! I'm melting! Um... Uh, which is uh, uh, yeah, but a bit graphic. But I'm not complaining. It's an adult comedy, so whatever. Um... You know, the only thing <laughs> I'm not liking about this is that this is the third time in a row. And okay, I yes, I would like to know what the mystery is all about. I get it. I agree. But it just seems it seemed out of place when they first did it for Lower Decks. It still seemed out of place the second time, and now it still look, look, seems out of place the third time. And I'm like, I'm enough with all this already. I mean, it doesn't. I don't know. It just you, doesn't jive. You know they'll pay it off, though. They have to. And the thing is, yeah. this is like their small version of a serial long arc, but they're still doing their episodic stuff, and it's still funny for the most part. So mm. as long as they pay it off and they pay it off well, if they pay it off well in a very comical manner, then that'd be hilarious, because it was very serious at the start, isn't it, with a ship just wrecking everything? You're like, that's not very... Sure. Lord decks and then at the end i don't know it turns into the ship from hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy or something where it <laughs> changes from one thing to the next so um but yeah this ship's still on the wrecking path uh and i'd imagine it'll keep doing that until probably the end of the season and that'll be a finale episode probably because there is right. more lord decks being confirmed i believe um we then go back on the suritos and there is uh mariner <laughs> Captain Freeman walks into the room. Mariner's there with others, and she turns around, and goes, "Hey, mum, what's up?" I'm like, "Come on, really? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this is funny, <laughs> but I'm also thinking, oh, that's your captain. You can't say that. It, it's a bit." I bit thought too... she, I, I thought I was waiting for kind of a comeback, but I don't, I don't think she really did a comeback though. She didn't actually, which and... is really, which is really kind of dumb. She should have. Yeah, she, 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 she should have said. Uh, you're, you know, suspended to you're put to your quarters for twenty four hours or something like that. You're locked in there for your insubordination or something, you know. So, see, I'm I'm almost wondering, and I'm, we're going to mention something else, but not right now. When we get a little further into the review, but I keep on. Both you and I have been saying the last two, three weeks or whatever, lost opportunities, lost opportunities. Yes, and we keep if we are spotting it, and yeah, maybe we're a little more savvy savvy than the normal bear, but we're not, you know. We're not professionals per se, and yet we're spotting them out. Mm. And every single time, you and I are going like, oh, that could have been really funny. It was wide open for it. And this time, it was also wide open for it. She should have had a snappy comeback. That would have been funny, but nothing. (laughs) The writing has not been as good this season. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. It's not been as good because I don't know if they... If you're writing for Lord X Grey... Are mm-hmm. you a Star Trek geek? Are you uh, someone that writes comedies? Are you ideally someone that does both? Because trying to find someone that does co- writes comedies for a living and also mm-hmm. is a big Star Trek geek, they must be few and far between. So maybe that's I mean, the if writing you, if, staff's changed. If you're doing the proper type of writing room, you should have some. You should have a, a mix. mixture of all the, all yeah. the things you just said. So you should have a writer that loves Star Trek. You should have a writer that's comedy oriented and another one that's maybe a little more sci-fi oriented and then you mix it all up 
and you get and you get what you want. Yeah. But but from the previous episodes that we've been watching and and some of the better ones, a lot of these missed opportunities that were always taken, and they always had the line. Now all of a sudden we're seeing, you and I are seeing the the, the points where the line would be, uh, yeah, this is going to be a a good one, and then they don't do anything. Yeah. Uh, but it's almost like it's almost like a comedy duo, like two people, like you and I or something, and I deliver you a line and you don't pick up on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? Or if you everything falls flat at that point. Or if you're playing football, soccer, then mm-hmm. your your guys your guys passing to your other player, but the other player is not in tune with his teammate, so he misses the pass completely or he makes the wrong run because they're not working well together. Yeah, I right, exactly. so many analogies. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping this. I'm hoping, like you were saying, this is not going to be a up. trend because if this is if this is a trend, we we're going to expect a lot more of this, and we're only we just started this season. Oh yeah, there's ten episodes. We're not even halfway through yet. Look, I'm a glass yeah. half full guy. I'm an optimist, so I'm I'm hoping it does. But right. four episodes in and it hasn't yet. So, although saying that, the, the the start was a little bit. But anyway, sorry, I don't want to rip it too much. Let's just. Kick on with the rest of it by all means. Well, it's not really. It's, it's not a ripping. We're commenting. Constructive feedback, maybe. I. Mm, yeah, yeah. Exactly, because we we know what it sh- has been. Oh yeah. We know great. what they. We, we know what it can be because we've seen some really excellent episodes, not often, but here and there. And now we're just basing it on the fact that well, all right, we know this. So why are you guys missing these opportunities? It's too funny. The thing is, Gray used to. I've always loved Lord Dex, but at the start, you, Gray, were a bit more sceptical uh, of, of of Lord Dex in general. You just didn't think a concept like that would work or should work. But mm. I think the longer you've watched it, you've kind of fell in love with the characters a bit, just including your Dr. Yeah, Cat. And... I've kind of accepted it. I mean, I still... I mean, part of me still says that, I don't know if a humor show in Star Trek is really necessary, per se where you can come up with something maybe more original. But at the same time, eh, you know, the humor is good. And it, well, it's not always good, but it's good. You know. it, it works, though. It works. The humor works with... Uh, when they done the live crossover with Strange New Worlds, it worked. Because I think what they done is they dialed mm-hmm. it back a bit so that it could be still funny. Because the thing is, Star Trek always had funny moments throughout it. Sure. But it obviously was never to the level of Lord Dex, and it wasn't adult-themed. Right. I mean, I remember, was it season right. one or two? Boimler was naked with his legs above his head, and they put a big black patch above his genitals, you know? So, <laughs> you know, I was just like, wow, yeah. that's the kind of stuff I want to see more of, but we're not seeing that. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, so after the... Uh, well, that'll be coming next. We're going to have Star X Trek. <laughs> Star X. I'm up for that. Sign me up, my man. <laughs> Uh, Star X Trek. That would be extremely <laughs> rude if something like that happened, Gray. Um, but yeah, after after uh, Mariner being a little bit cheeky uh, with her with her captain, um, Tendi Captain Freeman comes in and says to Tendi, uh, she's been granted some shore leave. I don't think she's requested it, Gray, because you put special requests right. here. I don't think she's requested it because they are near the planet to Rhine and she's allowed to go down and see her family and she's like oh really oh I don't need to it's okay captain she's really reluctant and the captain's like yeah no do it just go you're allowed to it's it's not a problem um and then I, I, I I'm commenting here it doesn't seem very fair it's just her 
but that's why mm. Grey Comet's a special request. Maybe, maybe you know, if if they're near a planet they haven't been uh, near in a long time, like maybe Orion. For all I know, Orion's kind of way out there. I don't really know where it sits in the Alpha Quadrant compared to the Solar System. But maybe it's far mm. out and they don't get a chance to see their family and friends often, so you're allowed to go and see them. Who knows? But it's just hard it's allowed to go, and it doesn't seem very fair. Tendi's very reluctant to actually go there, but she's convinced to go. And Tevin, who has grown on both of us a little bit more, the, the, the yeah. female Vulcan officer with a bit of Vulcan humour and sass about her, um, her and Mariner actually asked Tendi or convinced T- Tendi, sorry, to let them come along. And it's going to be a girls' trip, so she's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay." So, what could possibly go wrong with those three? Oh, <laughs> Absolutely <course>. nothing. nothing. <laughs> now, uh, we have another like the B plot of Boimler and Rutherford. The reason the girls want to get away from them as well is because ever since they started sharing uh, a room together. Uh, the emotional closeness is becoming a bit too much for Tevin. It's too much here for the, Vulcan logic. Here in the US, I call it bromance. Yeah, same here as well, kind of, a little bit. Yeah, okay. like a bromance. Like, yeah, too much, actually. To the point where they're actually finishing one another's sentences, and I'm like, oh, no, no. <laughs> so you're liking Tevin, then? You mentioned that here as well, Grace. She's, I think at the start, she started annoying me, but I, I, she's mm-hmm. kind of grown on me now. You're a, you're a fan. Yeah, I think so. She's, she's uh, the term is second banana. Because she's so logical and generally straight-laced, okay, because she's a Vulcan or whatever, she becomes the second banana. And the second banana in comedy is the one that's the, the one that's more a little more serious, where the other guy's delivering the lines. And if it's done right, your second banana really makes it work. So it's working because they'll just they'll bounce things off of her and she just comes up with something, you know, that's typical Vulcan, but because she's so straight faced and everything, it comes off funny. A second banana, I'm thinking logically, what's the relation to bananas and what's what's the relation to a second banana? Well, no I mean, if do, me. do you guys? Well, I don't know if you you heard Abbott, Abbott and Costello. You know they are. Yeah, I've heard of them. I don't. I'm not okay. a lot, but I've heard it's, of them. Yeah, it's in the U.S. So, it, generally speaking, they're both comedians, but they were a duo. I mean, you couldn't have one without the other generally. So, so one of them was the second banana because the other guy was delivering the lines of being the straight, the straighter guy or the more intelligent guy or whatever you want to call it, and the other one was goofing off of him. So he what. That guy was a second banana, but it worked when they were together. If they separated and did their own thing, it just it just didn't work. What's the relation to bananas though and fruit? You saw them. It, it was just a, it's a comedy term. Oh, okay. You know that's all. They, you're the second banana. They made up. Or like uh, you guys have heard the Tonight Show, right? Our talk yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you guys have talk shows over there too. I've seen them on YouTube, and a lot of times they have the the co-host, right? Okay, the co-host uh, technically would be the second banana, whereas the top banana is the host. Our, our talk shows are not as good as your talk shows, man. After seeing some of, of well, uh, right now the talk shows aren't even happening with the strike, so it's just like, what? What's that? What? Been... That isn't acting, is it? No, no, no. That that's true. But there's writers, lots of writers. Yeah, there is. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, GGR. So there. you can't. Yeah, because there's interviews, writing. There's monologues, writing. This is the kind of stuff we talk about in GGR, by the way, guys. Tune in next month because we'll be ripping yep. Hollywood a new one, I think. 
Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Tavin is growing to me. She is pretty funny. She has a couple of comical lines in that, including the emotional closeness is disturbing her between Rutherford and uh, Boimler, and it kind of is a bit. So apparently, Tendy, Prime Tendy, she's called on the Ryan. Uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Prime Tendy. <laughs> I was. I just thought of. I just thought of Transformers as soon as I heard that. Um, <laughs> she 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 lives. Yeah. Uh, she's partly part of her family are the fifth biggest syndicate in in Orion, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, she keeps us very very secretive, Gray, like her personal life uh, mm-hmm. or where she comes from and all that. She keeps it. She's almost she's almost a little bit embarrassed to be Orion because of the stigma. Yeah, against a lot a lot embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's not like that. She think she's cracked up a couple of times when people just make assumptions as she tries to defend it. Um, but right. yes, yeah, she's part of a big syndicate um, back in Orion. Um, it turns out, though, that Tendi's sister has been kidnapped. Uh, but this is considered normal. Um, and which got a chuckle from both Gray and I because you're k- kidnapping people all the time. And I think Tendi just went, ah, she'd be kidnapped, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. It's just no sweat, no yeah, bother. She'll be back at the just end. Just another day is fine. fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't seem too bothered at all. Um, and of course, there is the rescue mission to get Tendi's uh, sister back because she's due to get married. So she has to be found. It's not like, yeah, she'll turn up tomorrow. They have to find her. So uh, Now, Gray's explained this a little bit in the notes to me, so it makes sense. Boims and Rutherford uh, had a little heated exchange earlier on over a... This is, there was weird stuff for this episode. Even though Gray's yeah. explained a bit of it, it's still a generally weird and... It's just doesn't make sense. The episode it doesn't, right, it doesn't, doesn't flow. Seem to, yeah, exactly. The, the flow is not there. You're just kind of like, what? And speaking of flows, they have a little f- uh, argument and fallout over the little spray bottle for um, their plant, their bonsai plant, uh, their bonsai yeah, little, tree, little water spritzer. They're you arguing, know, and you're like, really? Come on, guys. But anyway, so after their heated exchange, they try to make up for it by going to the hollow deck and have a little hollow program between them. Uh, and I was a little bit confused because it seemed very, uh, before I've read Gray's notes here, very kind of 1900s, you know, very old uh, Southern uh, southern accents in, in the States and w- going way, mm-hmm. way back. And Gray can explain this a little bit better than I kind of think. Yeah, I mean, basically, once I saw what was happening, I saw the two of them dressed up as an, as a very famous historical person, author in American history, Mark Twain, otherwise known as uh, Samuel Clemens. And he's one of the most, probably most famous authors in, uh, or, or one of the most famous authors in American history. He's written he's written books to, the, to this day, um, still hold up. And if you can find the original prints of these books are worth a lot of freaking money. Um, but it wasn't just because of, of, of an author. He was also a, a personality, a character. And very intelligent man. And when you went to talk to him, you would always have something to say that made to- total sense and a lot of times a real satirical kind of thing. Anyway, so immediately I see them both dressed up as Mark Twain instead of just one of them. But as soon as I saw they were in the holodeck, all of a sudden I went ding because this is what they've done in an old TNG episode. That rings a bell. So here, so here we have another throwback. And basically the throwback goes all the way back to an episode called Time's Arrow. And it was the fifth season, the last episode, Cliffhanger, uh, which led into the sixth season, episode one, and that was Time Zero Part Two. 
Um, and in that in that episode, uh, an engineering team uh, finds evidence on Earth uh, that aliens had visited Earth. This is like 500 years later. And the weird part about it is that when the engineering team was looking through the, you know, doing their archaeological digs and junk, they find Data's head, and it's 500 years old. Is it definitely Data and not Lore or V uh, or no, anything? No, no. Okay. Data's head, 500 years old. And all wow. of a sudden, like Data of our time is just sitting there going like, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying to figure out how this happened. And it, began, it begins a whole time travel story. And that episode was really good. And the mm-hmm. actor that played Mark Twain, I'm sorry I didn't get his name, uh, played the Mark Twain part so good because we have records of Mark Twain and he's been on film and stuff like that. And they, they, he was so good at Mark Twain that he actually got a gig playing Mark Twain on the stage after the show was over. Oh, wow, really? So that's a, yeah. So that's really interesting. So anyway, so I immediately clicked, not just because of Mark Twain, but because, oh, it's a TNG episode. Here goes the throwback. Right. So they they basically proceed now and do their little tit for tat, you know, each quote, each doing a a Mark Twain-ism back and forth with each other, which is funny. Now you've explained that, it does make more sense, Gray, but why did you think they both chose to be the same character in that setting? Was that to try and get rid of some of this beef or uh, where's the context I, to that show? Pe- I think I, I think this, I think this is where it veered off a little bit. Supposedly from what I'm gathering from the episode, uh, one of their most favorite characters that they like to play is Mark Twain. So apparently right. it was Boyms's favorite. And I guess Boyms didn't know that it was also Rutherford's favorite. So they both came at it as Mark Twain. And of course, they're arguing with each other, going like, "That's my favorite character." No, it's your favorite character. And then they start realizing they can both play the same part at the same time and and be together. See, uh, because wonderful. I didn't know that in episodes, maybe outside Star Trek, they'll briefly find a sneaky, intelligent way of explaining what this period piece is in mm-hmm. history for the non-educated uh, in terms of people that are not from the U.S. Right. Because I didn't know right. until Gray told me. So there's a writing problem there. Put a funny one-liner. Oh, why are we both doing this character? Oh, because he was a famous guy back in America's history. And I'll be like, there you go. That's all you had to do. One line. One line. But anyway, yeah. sorry. sorry. Well, that missed opportunity. Again, missed like opportunities. That's the theme how so many, far. Yeah. How many times have you, you and I said was when we get into a bad writing situation on Trek that they could have figured it all out with one line? And they again, they could have said something, and it would have made it a little more, you know. God but... damn it! Anyway, anyway. Um, so yeah, that was that explains that little bit there. They both go the same character because they both love this character, and it's just a little, it's a verbal exchange back and forth constantly because they're the same bloody guy. Um, mm-hmm. Back on uh, Orion, uh, Tendi and the girls are doing their best Sherlock Holmes impression, and they're trying to find. <laughs> Tendi's sister clues so the one place they'll go to they can get information from someone at a nightclub so they best basically all go to a nightclub and they're all dressed in i wouldn't say sexy gear but it's probably the equivalent of what a respectful well, young girl would wear to a nightclub at the weekend or something you know uh and yeah, t- yeah. And sexy for a cartoon <laughs> well exactly yeah, yeah yeah i've seen worse than a cartoon by the way um, but t- uh, Tevin's like, why would we dress like this? It's ridiculous. And I don't know. I think 
Mariner kind of digs it because obviously she's the one that's a lot more down to earth. So that's how well, she, she came in. She came in saying, "Tendy, you never told me about this place." You know, and you hear the music going, and they're all dancing. Around. I'm too old for nightclubs, people. Um, yeah, so the, the, they they go into the nightclub, uh, and she, Tendy has a lot of pull, more pull than we realise as it go, the episode goes along, because she. The, at first, the bouncer doesn't know who she is, but then when she reveals herself properly, he sees her, and as Gray says, the bouncer basically craps his pants because he realises who Tendi is, and she's like, yeah, don't make a big deal, man. Just just let me into the nightclub. She's a big deal. She's a huge deal, and we didn't actually know it until this episode kicked off. Um, mm. So that's some news. She does go into the club with her cohorts, uh, and this this. There was some comical... The funniest part of this whole episode was probably in the next scene. They're playing a weird-ass murder bug drinking game. And the bet... In fact, great. You try your best to explain what the hell this scene was. It was like a bug trying to <laughs> drown in a shot. And let's see if you can do a better job than me. I... At first, I didn't know what was going on, or what the or what the bug had anything to do with anything, but then you start realizing it. So they're so they they have a bunch of drinks or shot glasses lined up, and they have this strange looking bug who doesn't look. He looks pretty mean or whatever, and it's pretty big. It's like six seven inches long, and apparently it I it sits there and then it crawls back and forth. You know, basically, and so they're drinking a shot. And then the thing crawls over, and you're supposed to drink a shot and answer a question before the thing gets to you. Because if it does get to you, it bites you, and I guess it kills you or something. And and then what happens is when they get the answer right, or they drink the drink and everything, a shield forms over their hand, and the bug can't get through. So they keep on doing this. It's kind of like the version of Russian roulette when you saw in the movies, where you had the one bullet in the gun, and you yeah, spin the chamber yeah, yeah. and go like this. Very similar to that, except that it was a cool-looking bug, I guess. So, so it was kind of... It was kind of neat. It was different. Did you notice the bug looked pissed off because it couldn't get a bite into anyone's hand? Yeah. It was starting to look... I mean, if you can tell the facial expression of a bug, there's something messed <laughs> up, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. There really is. This, because, yeah, Greg, you've done a pretty sound job there. It's, literally, this bug is going from left. They've got one hand on the equivalent of like a roulette table. Yeah. Um, and then one hand with a shot. It's given to them. So they've got to pick up the shot, down it, answer the, the question or the point. And if they do it in time, a force field goes over their hand to stop the bug. Right. And the bug almost bites them a couple of times. But it'll go up literally as the bug's about to go into the, the area where the hand is. And it'll get knocked back. And you can see it getting pissed off. I'm like, <laughs> what? Um, Which I guess makes it more dangerous each time. Yeah, you know? he's scuttling you know, from one hand to the other really quickly. I need, I need a piece. Um, but... They, no one gets bit, thankfully. Um, yeah, but wait, before you, before you say that, the, th- the part that I thought that was kind of interesting was uh, I, um, it wasn't Tendi, it was the other person. Um, but she answered the question wrong or something like that. And and as her hand is on the table, these two big straps all of a sudden all of a sudden place her on top of her hand and hold it there so the oh, bug yeah. can bite it. <laughs> I'm going like, wow. That's did, the, pretty, uh... did the bug actually bite her in the end? No, yeah. because Tendi took a Tendi took a drink glass and th- and dropped it over the bug. Yeah, but I'm going like, man, they're serious with these games. Then you can't move your hand if you don't answer the question. Too bad. I, I think I prefer <laughs> Russian roulette. It's over. Yeah, instantly, yeah. You know? Then you so... then you wouldn't know exactly, right? So she gets the information she needs from uh, a, a contact inside the club. 
But then we go back to the hollow deck, and there's some more Southern talk, some more Mac, uh, Mark Twain Mark Twainisms. Uh, tw- yeah, but that's a per- that's a perfect way to describe it. Mark Twainisms, coin that. Uh, which I comments very weird, but then because Grace gave me context, it makes a little bit more sense. Still weird, but not as weird yeah. now that I know. Yeah. Um, now here's probably the funniest bit of the whole bloody episode. They go yeah. into like some dungeon thing. Uh, honest to God, like proper. This is what I remember from Orion's back in early Star Trek, but maybe not to the level of s- sexualness that we see here. We see a lot of we see male Orions literally in instead of females in the uh, cages dancing but like really grinding and thrusting and all that you're like okay right what's going on here <laughs> um yeah it was comical they are controlled <laughs> they're controlled by pheromones from the females uh which i thought was bloody hilarious Tevin and mariner seem very pleased by all the sexiness Tavin even comments about one of the males that's very ripped, like he pleases he pleases my eyes or something like that, you know. Yeah, but uh, she says it with a straight face Vulcan. She goes, very yes, dead it does pan. appear to be a, yeah. <laughs> it does seem rather rather pleasing. And then how did how, so we, we explained how they're controlled, Grey, right? The the, the male orions, mm-hmm. but how did they get their top ups of pheromones? <laughs> well the, the the part that was funny to me was that <laughs> is that bit. one of them literally sticks his nose in in one of the female's armpits i mean literally right yeah. into the armpit and he's sitting there going he's sitting he's sniffing like this and he goes more moans <laughs> that was amusing i'll give them that yeah, yeah yeah that was probably the best like you said the best scene in the whole the whole episode uh, yeah I mean, it's just pretty funny i like the extreme hilarity when it's lord dex so try to if you're going to be a adult comedy don't be half arse go properly full out and even shocked yeah. me a little bit. I don't care. Um, so yeah, that was comical. Not as many funny scenes after that, but back in the bridge. Now this is the weirdest bloody bit of. Oh, it didn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't get this. This is There's, so the context. It didn't flow. The flow is completely gone on this one. It oh, doesn't make any sense. They just inserted something, copied. In fact, didn't copy. Just pasted something in randomly to an episode. The captain's on the bridge. Uh, she's talking to an alien on the view screen. And it's to do with rights over scanning a nebula. Freeman's like, yeah, we've got the rights to this nebula. We're going to scan it. And the alien's like, no, I've got the rights. And let's let's get, let's get at it. Um, Boims and Rutherford come onto the bridge. Um, and they think, they're like, we've got an idea, Captain. We know how to sort this. Let's take you and the alien to the holodeck program of Mark Twain. <laughs> yeah. And you can both, so they're both sitting there. Captain Freeman's like Mark Twain. This bloody yeah. alien's like Mark Twain. And the alien's like, this is so itchy. Like, why, why are we got to these scratches? It really was weird. And then she's trying, she's trying, the alien's <laughs> trying to look like Mark Twain. I'm going, like, this isn't working. <laughs> but Freeman starts trying to use the, the wording of Mark Twain, but without the accent. And Boyms and Rutherford are like, no, 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 you've, you've got to. You've got to put on the accent and stuff. So she starts putting in her southern accent on, which that was slightly comical. It just, it, it didn't make any sense. And then there was, um, then you get a brief cameo from Shax as he comes in. Because I guess he's a security officer and there is an alien on board who's a bit aggressive. It makes sense he's there. But then the alien goes, screw this. What the hell are we doing? Like rips off some of his costume and then Shax comes up to him, tries to challenge him. He just bloody like wrecks Shax. Now, random, 
doesn't make any sense. We're un we're unhappy of what's going on with Shaxi, aren't we, Gru? Yep. Yeah. It's... I mean, the whole thing doesn't flow whatsoever. And I had mentioned last week that I've been noticing uh, for weeks now, even towards the end of the last season and into this season, that Shax has now become uh, an inconsequential character. You don't see him that much, except when he's involved with Dr. Cat occasionally. And I'm just going to say it flat out. He's become a wimp and he's boring. Whereas before, he was a strong character. And he would always, you know, take charge and would say really funny things, probably to, probably over... over uh, doing it but it was that was his character and it was yeah. funny now he just comes up and, and goes that's all he says and he tries to, to fight the alien the alien just flips him off like he's nothing and that's the end of that you don't see shacks anymore done and i'm like what what are, what are they doing they just totally destroying that character it's, it's as if he never existed i felt sorry for the actor that voices him because what did you have yeah. to do in this part today uh argh, and that's it what yeah I know, I know, and, 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 I know. It's about Lord Deckers, but please, the funniest guys are Shax and Tiana, or Doctor Cat, as you call yeah. her. That's hilarious. Um, and you're <laughs> not giving us, you're barely giving us any of that. What? What? Why? Yeah. I mean, ever since he he died in a previous episode and came back to life, ever since then, it's almost like he's he's just too inconsequential now. He's just not good. And I'm like, again, it doesn't make any sense. And the writing, they're just they're leaving things on the ground that that. It's the one character of the group that they don't seem to care about Great. anymore. I don't it, know why. It's down to the right at 110% because not only are things not flowing and not making sense, it's also not as funny as previous seasons, and mm -hmm. they're not writing good funny lines for some of their funniest characters, and they're barely featuring. Right. So there is a problem with the writing, and it must be different writers. It must be. If it was the same yeah. writers as last season, we wouldn't have this problem. They've at least swapped right. out some of them. You might think that's a good idea, keep talent fresh. That doesn't make any sense if the talent that comes in is yeah. shit. Yeah, oh, I agree. I'm sorry. It's, I'm kind of getting a bit disappointed with things, but I'll keep watching it because I'm a Star Trek fan. Um, back on the planet, the girls find out to Ben Mariner that Tendi used to be an assassin back in the day. <laughs> of course she did. She's part of a syndicate. That's kind of what happens. Um, she was like Black Ops pirate. Uh, Black Ops pirate, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. And I'm just I'm commenting here. The episode's just getting more and more random. Um, Tendy's sister, they find her, kidnapped herself. <laughs> what? All fake. <laughs> all, everything's fake because she didn't want to get married. So, you know, all the since Tendy's left Orion, Tendy was prime. She's not prime now. It's now her sister, uh, Terica. That's. Erica, I thought that was a Vulcan. Yeah, yeah I know. I thought, in front. What? Anyway, yeah. That's what the tease, man. It's like, I mean, that's Vulcans, a Vulcan thing it. only, only. Yeah. So where's this coming from? Like, uh, but yeah, that's her name, Terica. Um, she, she's kidnapped herself. She doesn't want to get married. The all the responsibilities and pressures that were tendies are now hers, and she's struggling with the whole thing. So she, it's a little coup. She just kidnaps herself and is hiding out and they obviously they have a little heart to heart the two sisters as you do after a fight of course um i noticed though i didn't comment this before it's the second <laughs> i found this amusing i don't know why for the yeah, second yeah. time the episode mariner gets stabbed but it's not in a kind of it's more like in the shoulder where it would hurt it wouldn't be right. lethal but she's oh come on like, rather than being pain someone <laughs> just throws a knife it's her, the terica throws a knife at her oh come on yeah, the, guys uh, the 
first time she got thrown the knife was when they were in the club, the nightclub. Mm. And, and a dude throws a knife and she gets it in the shoulder. And then she's like, you know, and bleeding a little bit, whatever. And then all of a sudden, this time, she gets it again. And she's going to get it a third time later in the show. Third, yeah. So I that forgot was, about the third time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was that was kind of comical. It was funny. Um, I do like Mariner. Uh, so, yeah, the, 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 the sisters do have a heart-to-heart to try and work things out. Um, randomly, I've noted here, uh, the alien um, on board the Cerritos that has the nebula scanning issue um eats Boimler and Rutherford's bonsai tree because they're in the, they're talking about they mentioned the bonsai tree on the holodeck briefly or was it out the holodeck and he's like mm, bonsai like just it was random it was so no, random no explanation he just goes oh interesting a bonsai like, and then the next scene they're okay. in Boimler and Rutherford's room and he literally eats the bloody tree in one go the little tree there's next to nothing left and Rutherford's a bit sad that his tree's gone because that's what he shared with his friend so, but then after he eats the bonsai tree, he agrees to then let Freeman scan the nebula, and I'm just like, "Yeah, I, I am too." I'm like, "What does that got to do with anything?" It's it's almost like they threw, they threw a gag in there, thinking that, "Oh, let's just throw this random gag in; it'll be funny." But it's not funny because it makes no sense. He eats the tree, ha ha ha, and then he goes like, "Oh, okay, you can scan it now because I ate the tree." <laughs> You were so nice to let me eat the tree, so I'm going to let you scan? Like, Yeah. What? It's just, it's just weird. It's weird. Um, yeah. But yeah, we've definitely established the, the randomness in this episode. Um, so after the sisters have continued fighting for a while, the, the, the makeup, basically, Terika's a bit upset that her sister left her. Not that she's... She, she's upset all the responsibilities and pressures are now on her shoulders, but she also misses her sister, which is kind of sweet, you know? Like, yeah. You, you left me for science, basically, which is true. She had, she left her for science in Starfleet. Um, but then Tendi's like, listen, you'll make a great prime. Like, please just embrace it. I believe you. You're my sister. I love you. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and they kind of make up, hug and all that. Um, also, obviously, of course, Terika doesn't want to get married as well. Like, she's screw that. You get that kind of vibe that it's a pre They yeah. don't say it great, but... It, you get the vibe of like a pre-arranged Rainy. marriage kind of yeah, thing, you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which I won't get into. Not a fan of that myself, but you know, um, won't get into that. Um, the makeup um, by Hop. I, I didn't know this. Where they found Terika was on a, like a, an abandoned kind of half. Well, not a, half. A, pretty wrecked ship. Sh- ship graveyard. Ship graveyard. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're able to hot wire. Um, a ship in time to try and get to the wedding. Like, screw it, let's go to this wedding. Let's let's get this done. I, I, again, random, but still um, kind of cute. As Tavin here throws away her data pad, she was using it to document everything about Ryan because that's a Vulcan thing. They're very interested in everything, and Tendy's kind of not want this done, Gray, because she's almost a bit embarrassed about almost being a Ryan and everything that's happened there. She doesn't want him to know. Tabin, very logical, but she just throws it away. And I can't remember what she said, but I just thought it was kind of sweet because they're friends. She's looking out for a friend. She's like, it's fine. It's all up here. It's all good. Um, It's very much uh, like the friendship with Spock and Kirk or, or whatever, because she's realizing that this is really bothering her. It took a while for her to Tabin to kind of realize that. Yeah. But she sees that, you know, this is a friend, and then she's really getting upset over it, and then she just tosses it. But when, but it was funny because when uh, uh, 
she talked to Tavin and said, why'd you do that? She just goes, it was a logical thing to do. <laughs> so, That's what she said, Gray. Thank you. Yeah, right. makes sense. That is the equivalent See, of a Vulcan being sweet. Right. There was, it, there was an emotion there, but they're not going to admit it and go like, yeah, it was logical. Of course not. They can't. She's 100% Vulcan. Vulcan. You can't do that. Um, right. Funnily enough, strangely enough, the hot wired ship isn't all it's cracked up to be, and it starts failing and starts going down. <laughs> and, uh, I'm surprised they even got it going. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. You hot wired a ship that's in the graveyard. I, I know it's a comedy. Yeah. Um, they do make the wedding in time, as you see a little puff of smoke in the, the, the distance when it crashes. Very random. Yeah. I thought it was literally when they come right up to the wedding and almost crash right beside them. Um, yeah. They do make the wedding in time, and it's all good. Uh, and then, as the episode ends, we actually end up with the boys back in the holodeck. Again, yep. just more randomness, but thing. Gray explained that, and they kind of make up a little bit, so... Right, Gray, what did you give this episode a score out of, and, and why? Uh, I went 6.5, but I only gave it the extra half a point, because I liked to Vin and some of the things that she was doing in the episode, so, and, you know... But overall, the episode was humorous, but it but it was kind of forgettable. So it, it didn't give you the laughs that you really wanted. At the same time, it wasn't totally dull either, but it was just kind of, eh, it was there. Yeah, that's fair. Very fair comments, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm, like I usually am, we're very close in score, and I am this time. I'm a 6 out of 10. Um, I do note that it wasn't awful, but it was far from good. Um, yeah. Very random throughout. Even even after Gray explaining the Mark Twain thing, it's still still random in general. I didn't. Um, I barely laughed throughout the episode, which is a shame. Like I want to be able to. Yeah, it was. More. Except for the like I said, for the guy smelling the female's armpits, that was the only time I actually the, laughed. The rest the of the time was laugh, more. Yeah. yeah, the rest of the time was kind of a chuckle, like ha ha ha. That was about <laughs> it. <laughs> and and I do note here as well that I've said the exact same thing pretty much as Gray here as. Is this the animated version of a filler episode, Gray? He's also he's put filler episode question mark. It seems like it, but why would you have a filler yeah. episode? Because it's the same money to make each episode regardless. Yeah. It's just running out of ideas and writing being poor. So no, it's kinda of a shame. Let's hope there's not another six out of ten. I like to set the benchmark at a minimum of seven out of ten. That's yeah. what I'm aiming for. Um but yeah, no, thank you for your patience, guys. We tried to make this sound a little bit more interesting this episode because it could have been shorter with it not being grey and it being a short... These episodes are obviously shorter than usual, so... Uh, we will sign off just now. We'll be back next week again, of course. Um, but until then, thanks for coming along, Grey, and do your thing, my man. Live long and prosper, everybody. Bye-bye. Goodbye.